peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? So it has been a minute since I've got back. Actually, I'm, I'm a couple days late. I've been uploading videos every two weeks. I've been trying to keep it between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but I had a lot going on. Um, so not going to get into all of that anyway. If for those on my Instagram page that have not seen part two to my video on the preservation of scripture, it is on my YouTube channel. The video was too big to upload to Instagram, and I meant to say something about that, even though I didn't. So anyway, we are returning to the book of Acts. We are in the book of Acts chapter five, and I believe last time we left off in verse 10. So without further ado, let's get into this. Excuse me if I look down, I am breaking in a new Bible. So I have my Bible app up here, but I'm also going to be physically using this Bible. I want to break it in. I'm kind of weird about my Bibles. I like when I open them, I like them to open flat and be flexible. And sometimes when you get a new Bible, it just doesn't do that. Anyway, uh, the book of Acts chapter five, verse 10, we, uh, we read about Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to God. It wasn't so much that they lied to the other believers. They lied to God. Now you got to think about it. They didn't have to agree. So what happened was, uh, for those who don't remember, they sold some land. All of the believers were getting together, pooling together resources, and they were selling land, putting all the money in one pot. And everybody was looking after the needs of the other person. Uh, they were in unity, uh, and harmony. Ananias and Sapphire decided they're going to sell some land, only they're going to say they sold it for a certain amount, but they really didn't sell it for that amount. They're going to keep some of the money and only give the portion they said they sold it for. Now, who are they really lying to? I think about this. They, they, know, they know about the wonders of God and the works of God. These are not people who are ignorant to the things God has done. So at this point, they have to realize, yet we may fool these people. We may fool all of the, the disciples and we may fool all the apostles and all the other followers, but God knows exactly what we're doing. So in my humble opinion, it could be that in their heart, they actually thought within themselves somehow that they were fooling God. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I just don't see how they thought they were going to get away with this. Now, I literally am the pot calling the kettle black. There are times where I have done deceptive things as a believer. I'm not talking about when I was lost. I have no problem admitting this. As a believer, done deceptive things, lied, uh, uh, just, and it's like, who do you think you're lying to the people you're talking to 
are not relevant in the sense that they're not your judge. It is God that you stand before. And I think what happens is we worry more about the people that are standing before us. And we don't really consider the fact that, yo, God is watching me right now, is with me right now, seeing me lie to these people. So who am I really lying to? Anyway, verse 11, and great fear came upon all the church, upon as many as heard these things. In the same, in the same vein, I really do believe that what we see in the Old Testament should strike a certain degree of fear and trembling. Like we realize we serve a real God that actually deals with his people. This is not an absentee God. It's not a far away God. This is God who created everything. The true and living God that deals with individuals. And that's something that I need to keep at the forefront of my mind as well. We all do. So great fear fell upon all the church. They saw this and they were like, yo, we ain't playing around with this. Um, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. I know I'm at this point in my life as a believer. There, there are those who believe all the signs and wonders they're done. That may be true. Um, there's different verses that are cited. I've been looking at some of these verses. I, I, I can't necessarily pinpoint that the verses actually mean what I thought they meant looking at the verses in their context now. But here's what I will say. If you read through the book of first Corinthians, I'd say chapter 11 through chapter 14, it will give you what what is the correct biblical view on signs and wonders. And here's the reason. I think a lot of people want signs and wonders because they want preeminence. They want to be seen and they want to be celebrated. It's not actually about love for the brethren and love for those who are lost, trying to reach people and trying to help you. That's really not the focus. It's just, I want the preeminence. Read 1 Corinthians 11 through 13, 14, and, and I, I believe you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, still in verse 11. And they, uh, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and of the rest durst no man join himself to them. That word durst, Old English word, or actually, I always say Old English, it's actually Middle English is what this is. Old English would uh, would be, if I'm not mistaken, like uh, the original writings of Beowulf would be Old English, which I believe is a, a lot like Gaelic, but that's a whole nother argument. Anyway, that word means dare. So no man dared join them uh, or, or of the rest of them, no man dared join. But the people magnified them and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. The truth is spreading. The gospel is spreading. People are believing the gospel and numbers are growing. This is the exact thing that the Sadducees and the Pharisees did not want to happen. They absolutely did not want this to happen. They were trying to nip this in the bud and kill this thing right out the gate. Um, verse 15, 
insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Verse 16, there came also a multitude out of the cities round about, uh, around about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed. Every one, these dudes was getting busy. Part of the reason they were getting busy. One, they were walking with God Two, This is the, the early, the early growth of the church. God, in my humble opinion, signifying, uh, the power and the truth by which the apostles are speaking by these signs and wonders, right? Like, so if somebody were to come along and let's say somebody had some doubts, like, I don't know about this, Peter, James, John, I don't know about these dudes. And then they see these people getting healed and they see the power of God at work. Yeah. At some point you got something to contend with and you're going to have to say, okay, how are they doing this? Where they, where's this power coming from? I've never seen anything like this. And then of course you could go back and check the scrolls and see, yeah, this is legit. So in, in my humble opinion, that's why a lot of these things, um, were done. Verse 17, then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees and were filled with indignation. Now, the reason this is so important, why were the Sadducees so mad? Why them specifically? Well, because they do not believe in the resurrection. So this was a particular thorn in their side. This doctrine is spreading. These dudes have power that the Sadducees have never seen, and they have no earthly clue how to deal with this. It's, I would imagine it's driving them nuts. Imagine you're of this religious sect of people who you believe you have the truth. You believe of all you understand the scripture and the people need you to explain scripture you have these dudes out here preaching about the resurrection from the dead with authority, people getting healed, unclean spirits coming out of people. Yo, man, I, I think the Sadducees had a had a, a, a slight touch of jealousy, might I say. Uh, verse 18, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. So they came up on these dudes and they were like, all right, you guys are going to prison. We're not, we're not dealing with this. We're tired of hearing you speak. We just want you to shut up because they don't want the gospel to spread. If you remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, there was a rumor spread that the, the disciples came and took his body out of the tomb. And that's why the tomb is bare. And what, what's a, what's amazing is how far wide and long that myth spread even to this very day, there's people who believe that, believe it or not. Um, verse 19, let me make sure I'm moving up here on my Bible app. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now imagine, imagine you just, you thought, okay, 
this this message is spreading. There's nothing we can do about this. Aha, but we have authority. We can lock these dudes up. You lock these dudes up. And then the next day they're in the temple preaching again. Yo, you at some point, I would imagine some of the Pharisees or some of the Sadducees at that point were like, okay, uh, I remember we put them in that cell. There's no way they could be out here. So yeah, I think God is working something and we may have this backwards. There, in my humble opinion, there had to be some Sadducee, a couple of them at least, that came to that conclusion, like, yo, we gotta be bugging. Like this must be true. What, what they're preaching must be true. There had to be at least one or two of them that sat down and said, okay, let's hear what these dudes are talking about. We need to hear this. Um, where am I at? Verse, uh, 21. And when they heard that they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught, but the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together, all the Senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison, um, all, all, uh, sent all the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told saying the prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Yo, at this point, what do you do? What, you're that person. You know they were locked in here. These, there's, nowhere, there's no way these dudes were letting them out. Time and time again, God by signs and wonders, proving to the people at this time, that what my servants are saying is true. Listen to these words. Yo, that was actually great mercy. Great mercy. But these people did not want to listen. It, I think about my own self when there have been things I am wrong about. And I've been wrong about a great many things. And I'm sure I'll be wrong about a great many more. But here's what happens. You're wrong, and instead of you just admitting that you're wrong, you hold on to this belief because it's almost painful to let go. You don't want to be wrong. That pride, you just don't want to let go. I'm not saying I'm perfect about this, but I have learned to, to approach situations with an open hand. Maybe I'm wrong. It is very possible I'm wrong. Let me consider what this other party is saying in case I am wrong. So that way I'm, I'm more than willing to go, okay, you know what? That's a sound argument biblically. I think I might be wrong. Let me explore this some more. Make sure I know what the Bible says because they may be right. These dudes seeing all these signs and wonders and they still would not believe that is absolutely positively bonkers. But again, sometimes I wonder if I, if I grew up in the sect of the Sadducees, what would I say? Would I, would I just assume, oh yeah, these dudes are right because I'm seeing the signs and wonders or would I fight against it? 
I think I would probably fight against it, being honest with you. And this, this really makes me so thankful to God for his mercy. I, I, I could easily be lost right now. I could have easily rejected the gospel message. And, and when I think about that and think about situations like this, I'm like, man, these dudes saw all of these things. They could go back to the scrolls and check. Okay. Does this line up with what we know about the Messiah and his coming and the things that are going to happen? They could have looked at all of those things, but maybe it was, they were holding on to power. Maybe it was just pure ignorance. And maybe, especially with the Sadducees, I think about this and this kind of is, it, it, it brings me to caution because I wonder if their denial of the resurrection, like that false doctrinal belief is what led to their mind pretty much being veiled and closed off. I really wonder about that. Again, makes me cautious and it makes me pay more close attention to my Bible as I read. Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.